Patrons Jamie Barrera, No Soul Timmy, Amanda Henry, Jackie Mojica, Ian Lovecraft, Sarah Tsartsotomna, and Mark Steensland. Thank you for your support and for helping to make these stories possible. To hear this and other episodes ad-free, listener shout-outs, and more, help support the show through our official Patreon at patreon.com slash bleedersdigest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. One person's trash is another person's nightmare. Bleeders Digest, issue number 30, Chords and Keys. Rent is due on the first of every month and not a day later. I don't like people who don't pay on time. You're not going to be one of those, are you? Of course not. I'm super responsible. In fact, you'll have your rent before then. Sure, I will. I will believe it when I see it. Before I forget, here are your keys. She pulled them out of a yellow envelope. They made this pretty clanking sound when she held them in the air. She held them out in my direction, and with a burst of excitement, I grabbed them swiftly. Like a bear catching a fish jumping upstream. I could tell cranky Martha was annoyed by my giddiness. Whoa, slow down. Sorry, this is my first place, and I'm so excited to make this apartment my own. Great. The Sheldons live below you, and they are sensitive to people's footsteps. Step lightly, or they will be calling me complaining. And I don't like people complaining. Got it. Oh, the second key is to the laundry room. Make sure you stay on top of laundry times. Otherwise, other tenants will move your clothes and leave them all over the place. You don't want that. Wednesdays are trash days, and your parking spot is B9. You have any questions? I don't think so. All right. I'm in apartment A2 if there is an emergency. But not if you need a cup of milk. I don't do neighbors. Oh, okay. No milk, only emergencies. <laughs> Martha slammed the screen door and headed back downstairs. I could hear her yelling at another tenant across the way in the distance. What a nut. The next day, the movers met me at the apartment and loaded boxes into the bedroom, bathroom, living room, and kitchen. I tried packing as much of my stuff as I could in my small car to save on the moving fees. My dad was right when he suggested hiring movers and not trying to attempt it on my own. I felt so grown up having movers and my own place. I spent the rest of the afternoon carrying in the random odds and ends I had packed in my car. Every time I went up and down the stairs, I could see the back of Martha's rust-colored hair. She was sitting on her couch watching the news. I wondered what in life made her so irritable. She kind of seemed lonely, but I also could see why nobody wanted to get close to that. I took my final trip upstairs with my last box. As the screen door slammed, I heard it creak open and I turned around. A blonde lady stood there with a smug look on her face. <laughs> you surprised me. Uh, can I help you? 
You're in my apartment. You're being too loud. Well, I'm moving. It's kind of not a quiet process if you've ever done it before. Well, you are being unnecessarily loud, and me and my husband are doing yoga. Wait, are you the Sheldons? Do you live underneath me? Yes, I'm Kelly. I'm Rhoda. And me and my husband, Ron, live in A9, and we are super sensitive to noise, so can you be quiet? I can't make any promises because, again, I am moving, which is a loud and laborious project. But for the sake of your yoga, I will try. Thank you. Hopefully I won't have to be back up here. All I could do was laugh. As I went to respond to her, the screen door slammed and she was gone. My hands felt heavy and I realized I was still holding the box I carried up. I put it down on the ground and decided to close my door. I didn't want another visit from Crazy Kelly. As I started closing the door, I saw two heads coming closer. Now what? Hello. (laughs) An older lady with a friendly smile on her face. An older man accompanied her. Hi, I just moved in. Can I help you? Was I being too loud? Oh, no, honey. (laughs) She can't hear anything. What, Ed? See? Doris, fix your hearing aid. I watched as Ed motioned to Doris. Uh, Sorry, my my hearing aid never works right. I watched as she took it out, making a loud beeping noise. She fumbled with it, turned it off, and positioned it back in her ear. There we go. There we go. Yeah, fixed. Ha! Would you like to come in? Why, yes. That would be lovely. I opened the door and ran to move the boxes off of the couch. I just moved in today and the place is a mess. That's okay, honey. I wiped the couch with my hand to remove the dust. Please, sit down. I would offer you water or tea, but I literally haven't unpacked any dishes yet. That's okay. Yeah, we're fine. (laughs) Oh, I'm, uh, I'm Doris, by the way, and this is my husband, Ed. (laughs) Is a dish, huh? Ha! Rhoda. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. My mom loved this movie called The Bad Seed as a kid. Why, yes, with Patty McCormick and Nancy Kelly. Oh, yeah, I've seen it a few times. It's a great film. Kind of odd that she named me after a child killer, but that's my mom for you. Do you have any children? Um, well, we had a daughter named Mallory. Uh, She passed when she was a teenager. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. She was beautiful, smart, and kind. Yeah, she sure was. And a wonderful piano player. That's right. She was a prodigy. (laughs) Yeah. And was most at peace when she was playing. That's nice. I would have loved to hear her play. I hope it's not too forward, but may I ask how she died? It's all right. She passed because of a heart issue. I am so sorry. That's horrible. She ended up passing peacefully in her sleep. Yeah, we, uh, we still have her piano because, uh, well, it's so beautiful and, uh, reminds us of her. The piano is such a great instrument. Do you play? I don't, but I would love to take lessons or something one day. So what do you know about the Sheldons? They fight a lot. Doris and I laughed. She came up here and complained about how I was moving too loud. Oh, everyone in this unit says that they complain all the time about the, well, I don't know, the the walking and the noise. Just ignore them, dear. They're harmless. What time is it, dear? It's 4.50. We need to get back for supper. It takes you a while to walk down the stairs. I know. I know. I do my best. 
Yeah, we just wanted to stop in and say hi and introduce ourselves. Do you need help getting down the stairs? I'm more than happy to help. Oh, that's okay. We have a system, don't we, Doris? We sure do. Thank you for stopping by. It was so nice to meet you both. Likewise. We're in A4 if you need anything. As I walked them out the door, I told them if they needed anything at all that they could call or check in anytime. They were a sweet couple, and I felt so bad that they had lost a child. You could see how it stuck with them after all these years. I gave myself a deadline of a month to get unpacked and settled. It flew by, and today was the day I hung my last picture. I felt so accomplished. The new place was great, with the exception of the Sheldons leaving me weekly notes on my door to stop walking so loud. Doris and Ed had been great. They invited me over to have dinner with them on Tuesday. I actually ended up bringing them the food, because after tasting Doris's chicken, I realized she had no business cooking again. The thing was as hard as a rock and probably would have killed someone if you tossed it at them. I always brought over soft food for them to eat. They were both in their 80s, and I was shocked at how they were able to function. There was a knock on my door. I hope it's not Kelly or Ron. I have no patience for them. I slowly opened the door. Thank goodness it was just Doris and Ed. I was surprised to see Doris up here. It was hard for her to walk, and especially stairs. Hi, you two. Please, come in. Great job getting up these tricky stairs, Doris. Yeah, we're trying to make sure she doesn't get any blood clots, so we're keeping her moving. Well, you know what, Rhoda, we'll make this quick, as uh, Jeopardy is on soon, and I don't want to miss it. (laughs) That's right. Amy Schneider's become the top-earning female after the show's 57-year run. Wow. What an accomplishment. So what's up? Well, we wanted to tell you this in person. Is everything okay? Oh, yes, we're, we're fine. We're fine, but... Well, it's come to the point where Doris and I need some help with our daily living. Doris needs a little more medical attention than I can provide for her, and I've been becoming more forgetful. We've decided to move into an assisted living facility called Rolling Hills. Now, you can come visit us any time. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely come and visit. And I understand completely. It makes total sense. We would love you to come come and visit. Yeah, but um, why we're here here is because we would love you to have something that, well, we aren't able to take with us. Hmm? Oh, yeah? What's that? We would love for you to have Mallory's antique piano. Uh, We don't want to donate it and for it to go to someone who wouldn't appreciate it. We we see you'll have room for it against that back wall. I can't accept that. It's super generous. I don't even know how to play. But you did say that you wanted to take lessons, so... Well, yes, but... We will pay to have it moved up here, so there's no issue for you. And, um, well, we will not take no for an answer. Oh, okay. I guess I'm getting a piano. (laughs) Uh, The movers will be by tomorrow at noon, if that works. Yes, that works for me. Well, thank you. Thank you for honoring the memory of Mallory and for caring for and giving new life to her prized possession. Of course. Well, let's settle then. Noon it is. We'll see you tomorrow. See you then. At 12 o'clock sharp, the doorbell rang. It echoed through the apartment and bounced off the walls. Wow, they don't mess around. I answered the door and two heavy set men wheeled the piano inside, laying it to rest against the back wall. 
As it passed by me, I could smell the scent of dust and decay. Not but five minutes later, a man showed up to tune the thing. Compliments of Doris and Ed Noble. That was nice of them. I went downstairs to thank them, and the apartment was empty, except for a couch and some random odds and ends. They couldn't be gone already. I mean, they would have come and said goodbye. Maybe they went to go pick something up or something. On the way back upstairs, I ran into Martha, who said that Doris and Ed left very quickly, and that a donation place took pretty much all their belongings. Isn't that weird? She just shrugged her shoulders and started yelling at another tenant for turning his rent in late. When I got back up to my apartment, I sat down on the couch and stared at the piano. I couldn't help to marvel at its beauty. The piano was dark walnut with stunning wood carvings. On the front of it, it read, Chickering, in a beautiful gold fancy font. This probably wasn't cheap when they bought this. But did I really want this massive piano in this tiny apartment that I don't know how to play? I kind of felt stuck with it. I decided to tinker with it. Why not? I pulled the bench out, sat down, and placed my hands on the keys. People have always told me that I have hands fit to play the piano. I guess because my fingers were long and skinny. I pushed down on the black key, and it made a pretty sound. I placed my left hand on the alternating white keys and pressed down. Hey, that's not half bad. I put both hands together on the keys. All of a sudden, my hands started moving what felt like by themselves, which resulted in me playing a beautiful song. I instantly pulled my hands off the piano. I was really freaked out. I rationalized it, I mean, I had to. People who have never played don't just sit down for their first time with no instructions and play like Tori Amos. It just doesn't happen. You know what? It had to be one of those pianos that play by themselves. My friend Grace's parents had one, and she used to fool us all the time. I took out my phone and googled the piano. I let go of my phone, and it hit the floor. I covered my mouth in shock. My heart started pounding. The website that had the same piano listed said it wasn't built to have automatic play. <laughs> so what the hell was that? Was someone playing a prank on me? I felt so drawn to it, like in an unnatural way. More like a supernatural way. Was I crazy or dreaming? More of Bleeder's Digest issue number 30, Chords and Keys, after this. so drawn to it, like in an unnatural way. More like a supernatural way. Was I crazy or dreaming? The piano pulled me in, and with much trepidation, I sat back down and put my hands on the keys. My heart started racing as I began to play this incredible piece. I had no idea what it was, and I had never heard it before. It felt like the piano was playing me. I was terrified with each passing note, but at the same time, energized and excited. The next day, I was leaving for work, and I ran into Kelly. I thought you said you didn't know how to play the piano. Well, I don't. Are you one of those people who are super modest, or are you digging for compliments? 
because you seem like you might be that type. Um, yeah, probably the modest one. Great. Well, anyways, don't play that thing before 11 a.m. or after 3 p.m. And if you could lose the shoes upstairs, the footsteps drive me crazy. Um, I really think... Thanks. Bye. Okay. She's so rude. After work, I went by a small sheet music shop to buy some music. The shop owner was really kind and gave me some old used books he had in the back that were collecting dust. He said they were unsellable. I didn't mind the pencil marks and creases in them. He said I looked like a natural. When I got back home, I sat down and began to play. I placed the sheet music on the stand and my hands played the notes that were written on the pages. When I got to the end of a page, the sheet would just automatically turn. I never touched it. The sight of it sent chills through my entire body. I played for hours until my fingers were sore. I tried stopping myself to make some dinner, but I couldn't. I was so hungry, but had such a hard time walking away. It's like the piano didn't want me to stop playing. It had this undeniable hold over me. I finally pulled my fingers away, and as my delicate hands flung back in the air, my pinky finger trailed behind, grazing the edge of the black glossy key. As it started to let go, I could feel my thin skin tearing and followed by a trail of blood dripping out. Damn, what did, what did I cut my finger on? There was nothing sharp on the keys. It's so weird. What the hell? I cleaned up my finger and put a band-aid on. I made some dinner and tried to relax. As I watched I- TV, I felt like the piano was watching me. I know that sounds crazy, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. I felt this desire to go back and continue playing, which made me feel incredibly uneasy. I didn't want to, but it seemed like the rest of my body yearned to. I fought the urge and ended up going to bed. I couldn't take all the conflict in my head. In the morning, I got a call from my friend Jane, who invited me up to her uncle's cabin in Big Bear for the long weekend. Some of my other friends were going, so I decided to take the chance to get away from here. And the piano. While we were up in the mountains, I didn't tell any of them what was going on. They would have thought I was crazy. Not to mention, it was so nice to feel normal. That fucking piano made me feel like the opposite of normal. When I got back from a hike with the girls, Eric, Jane's boyfriend, said that my phone had been ringing non-stop. I hope everything was okay. I ran to my room and grabbed my phone. I had ten missed calls and three voicemails. Two of them were from Martha, saying that me or someone in my apartment had been playing piano for eight hours straight. It was getting incredibly bothersome for the neighbors, especially for Kelly and Ron downstairs. The third voicemail was an extraordinarily pissed off one from Kelly. Crap. I gotta go home and see what's going on. I said goodbye to my friends and headed back down the mountain. When I pulled up to the apartment, it was dark. When I walked through the gate to the complex, I heard Martha yell something at me. I could hear the piano being played all the way downstairs. I ignored her and ran as fast as I could to see what was going on. As I fumbled to find my keys, the music was getting more intense and angrier. I finally got the key in the lock and turned it to open the door. When I got inside, the piano stopped. Nobody was in there. 
I stood looking at the piano with such anger in my eyes. Really? <laughs> now you're gonna stop? What the hell is your problem? I go away for the weekend and you pull this? Unbelievable. Are you upset that I left you to hang out with some friends? You don't own me, you know. The piano stood there, quiet, just listening. <laughs> so you want to play games? <laughs> okay, let's play games. The next day, I was still infuriated that I had to leave my vacation early and the fact that my whole building was angry at me. I went online and found a person on Mark's list who said they could pick up the piano in the morning and take it to a dump. I didn't want to donate it. I wanted to destroy it. I didn't want it to have the ability to do what it did to me to anybody else. I was walking to my bedroom to unpack when I started walking backward, uncontrollably. Before I knew it, I was sitting on the bench, and my hands were forced onto the keys. No! I screamed. I am not going to play you. I am done playing you. I tried to pull my hands off, and it felt like someone was holding them down. Against my will, I started playing the piano again. I played for hours and hours all through the night. I tried with every note to break free, but I wasn't able to. I must have fallen asleep at some point. I woke up to the doorbell ringing. I slept so messed up I wasn't sure how I was going to walk again. My head was resting on the piano and the outline of keys was imprinted on my face. The doorbell rang again. It must be the piano haulers. Coming, I said. I stood up and felt every bone in my body ache, especially my hands. I barely had enough strength in my hands to clench down on the knob to turn it. I opened the door and let the two men in. I pointed to the piano, and I watched them take it away. They asked if it was playable, and what was wrong with it. I said everything was wrong with it. I was so happy and relieved to get rid of it. I even watched out my window as they tossed it into the back of the giant dump truck. I watched it till I couldn't see the truck in the distance anymore. That night I celebrated and ordered in some food and had some friends over. Home all of a sudden felt brighter and happier, and so did I. The next morning I woke up refreshed and excited to go to work. I took a shower and headed to the front door. When I got into the living room, my heart stopped for a few seconds. I couldn't believe my eyes. The piano was back and sitting in the spot I had removed it from. What the actual fuck? I don't understand. How did it get all the way up the damn stairs by itself? When did this happen? A million questions and theories clouded my mind. Mostly anger took a hold of me. I grabbed the hammer that was sitting on the counter. I took all my rage and smashed the shit out of the keys, up and down and over and over again till most of them were just chips and dust. I took the back of the hammer and scratched the word evil on the front of the wood in big letters. After I destroyed it, I put myself back together physically and mentally and headed off to work. I called the piano haulers again and asked them to return the following day. They were really confused. Listen, if you want to make another $500, meet me at my place at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. They said they would be happy to. I spent the rest of my day struggling to focus on work. 
All I could think of was that evil thing and how much trouble it had caused me. I decided it would be a good idea to reach out to Doris and Ed and see if they knew anything that might be helpful about this fucked up piano. I pulled the sheet of paper out of my purse where I wrote where they were moving. Rolling Hills Assisted Living Center. I picked up my phone and dialed the number. Rolling Hills Assisted Living, how may I help you? Hi, may I speak with either Doris or Ed Noble? Who? Can you repeat that name? Sure. Ed or Doris Noble? They moved in a few months ago. There's no Doris or Ed Noble. Are you sure you got the right assisted living? Well, yes. You are on Olive. Yes, but again, I don't have a record of either of those names. Okay. Well, thank you. I hung up the phone in disbelief. Why would they lie to me? How will I ever find them? When I got home after work, the apartment was pitch black. I forgot to leave the lights on. When I turned them back up, I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. I was in utter shock and dropped my phone and keys. <sighs> You've got to be fucking kidding me. The piano was in mint condition, and all the damaged keys and scratched wood were in impeccable shape. How is this even possible? I went down to the garage and grabbed the plastic can of gasoline that one of the neighbors had stored by his parking space for his bike. I took it upstairs and poured it over this cursed instrument. I went to find the lighter. <sighs> no luck. Once I finally got it working, the flame was immediately blown out. I tried over and over again. I even tried a box of matches and the same thing happened. Why will this stupid piano catch fire? I was so frustrated and exhausted. I went to grab my phone in the kitchen to call the police. They had to see what I was seeing or determine if I was batshit crazy. It's going to be one or the other. As I started walking, I was swiftly grabbed and placed in front of the piano. I tried to fight it the whole time. I screamed and kicked. No matter what I did or how hard I tried, I couldn't stop it from controlling me. It used me as a vessel to play this beautiful, haunting music. My fingers and joints were so sore from the last time I was held prisoner, playing for hours. The more I fought it, the more angry it got. I got one hand free and tried to scratch the piano. Within seconds, it was pulled back to play. All of a sudden, I felt something grab my ponytail, and when I looked behind, nothing was there. My head was pulled back, slowly, and then pushed forward fast, slamming super viciously against the hard keys. I screamed in agonizing pain, my hands still moving and making music. I tried to move my foot up and down aggressively in an attempt to break the pedal, but nothing happened. I could feel my head being brought back again and mentally prepared for what I knew would happen next. I took a deep breath in. As I exhaled, I could feel the air on my face as it made quick and hard contact with the keys. I could hear my bones breaking. I could taste my own teeth as they were torn from my gums. Blood was dripping down my forehead and all over the black and white keys. I could see part of my skin stuck in between them. At this point, I could barely lift my head to figure out what was going on. My hands were still moving and trying to play beyond my control. 
My skin started to tighten and stretch. Words appeared carved deep into my skin, none of which I could understand. It was a mix of symbols and some foreign language. With each passing letter, I yelled louder and louder, the music drowning the sounds of my screams. I almost passed out from the pain. I heard a ringing in my ears, and my vision kept going from sharp to blurry. The room was spinning. My head started slowly moving up, and within seconds I felt weightlessness and the familiar pressure on the top of my head to move it back down. And then BAM! The cold keys pressing into my cheek. A chill, an uncontrollable tiredness. It was a drowsiness I couldn't come back from. I tried to fight it, but couldn't. All that was left was darkness and me surrendering to whatever evil thing had taken hold of me. Did the landlord give you the keys? Yeah, hold on, I got them somewhere. Here they are. Whoa, that's a lot of shit. You think it's all going to fit on the truck? Yeah, it, sh it should fit, but we're going to be super full. I don't think we can make any more stops after this one. We want to take all of this. Yeah, the landlord said the family didn't want to keep anything. Some young girl died, and they were too hurt to take her stuff. What happened? Yeah, it kind of came up while we were talking, and she said that the case is unsolved, but she was murdered. That is so sad. I mean, all this stuff is in really good condition. Look, she left a piano. Oh, man, that's going to be a pain in the ass getting downstairs. Don't people read on the website that the Salvation Garden doesn't take heavy items? Drives me fucking nuts. It says right there, we will not take heavy fucking items. I know. People don't care. But hey, weren't you looking for a piano for your little girl? Yeah, I was. You should take this one. It's old, but looks like it's in pretty good condition. I bet Greta would love it. Awesome. We'll drop it off at your house before we take this stuff back to the garden. It's on the way. Yeah, man. Sounds good with me. My kid is going to be so excited. Chords and Keys. Written by Lauren Shand. Featuring Addison Peacock as Rhoda. Sarah Golding as Doris, Graham Rowett as Ed, Antoinette Barry Snowden as Kelly, Judy Kriz as Martha, Lauren Shand as the assisted living operator, Mike Crank and Trevor Shand as the movers, engineering production and sound design by Lauren Shand, theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox and Trevor Shand, Bleeders Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.